Okay, so sometimes I feel like 90% of the podcast start with, so Danny, and then I say a thing. Okay. Maybe this time. So I'll start. So Danny, good. Oh no, I've, I've got, made a conf- you got I've, me. I've dropped a conf- You know what? All I'm saying is, pull your weight. Oh. This is a two-man operation, and right now, I feel like I'm carrying a lot of the bloody weight, a lot okay. of the load. Well, I apologize. You should. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> ill-equipped with my cold opens. You're never equipped? I have a cold... I mean, if you want... I'm ill-equipped. I can, I can say I wasn't cold. Well, that's it. You usually have a cold open. Yeah, because I put... Could, wait, hang I on. Put, no, no, no. Because I put... Tell me... Tell me the side of the mic. And I'll pretend it was my idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what's the... What is this? I was going to talk about the fact that I have um, unicorn hand soap in the bathroom. Okay. So maybe you could, like... I'll pretend I'm the kind of guy who goes to the toilet. Have you not been to the toilet the whole time you've been here? Of course I've been to the toilet. I haven't actually been to the toilet. <laughs> you feeling okay? Hey there, Scott. Yeah. Hi, Danny. There's <laughs> <laughs> a clap for your sink point. Hey there, Scott. I got it. You didn't have to explain <laughs> the joke. <laughs> hey there, That's Scott. why I laughed. Did you notice the part where I laughed? You're running right over my. Cold that was open. reactionary. I've got a great idea for to a cold the joke open. that you made. You don't have to then go. That was funny because of this. I knew it was funny. It's why I laughed. It was more. It was more throughout there, just in case the audience was like, "What? What did they just drop something?" Of course, I yeah. Was, I was more. It was for the for the people at home, the audio listeners. Yes, we they, need to start filming this so that you can pick <laughs> up on visual cues. I know, like that. you do so many visual cues. You actually do shadow puppets, which is really impressive, <laughs> and they're always on point. It's a yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Your um, what was last ones? Your uh, Resident Evil shadow. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of this experience that people are really missing out on. That part's really just for you. I. Because I can't see it. Well, I thought this podcast would sell on your shadow puppets alone, but (laughs) we're still still two to three listeners a week. (laughs) Oh, hey, we get get about 17. Aw, thanks, 17. Hope hope you enjoyed all this. Hope you enjoyed this two minutes of rambling. (laughs) Hey, Scott. Hi, Danny. I was just going to your toilet over there. Wow, I didn't even see you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Don't judge me. Any comments you want to... Well, I was just... I was just... Uh, I'm not the kind of guy who usually washes his hands after going to the toilet. <laughs> but I decided to treat... That's not good to know. <laughs> after this long, I decided knowing to tr- someone. I decided to treat myself this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I was about to use your soap when I realized something. Yeah. It was quite on theme, actually. Yeah. Your soap is unicorn themed. It is unicorn themed. Yeah, it's Danny. like a unicorn soap. Yeah, thank you for noticing. And I think that's really <laughs> apt because today's episode, as you've read from the title when you downloaded this, Scott Morrison, is Unicorn Store. <laughs> yeah. And that also, the soap has got unicorn on it, and the film has uh, unicorn on it. And like, the film also cleans you when you come from the toilet. So I, I, there's so many, so many comparisons that we can make. Isn't it fun that. So many themes hmm. have come back into play tonight. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, I do. I, so I bought uh, 
the KRX, other brands of hand soap are available. They had a unicorn themed hand soap. Yeah. And it was a pound. And I was like, wow, gotta give it a go. For that much magic. For one pound? And you heard my clap there. Did you hear hear how clean that clap was? Weeks of magic. That's what that one pound has bought me. Um, The thing is, it doesn't really smell of anything is my only problem. But then, fair play to Carex because, I mean, do you know what a unicorn smells like? Yeah. Presumably like a mixture of rainbow. But then what does a rainbow smell like? The rain? What Bow does the ties? Ra- what does the rain smell like? What does the rain... That's like a deep... That sounds like something <laughs> in a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> what does the rain smell like? What does the rain smell like? Yours was better. Five, five. <laughs> By a profound amount. Thanks, man. <laughs> I work real hard on my uh, Bob Dylan. Um, But yeah, and I thought it's purple, which is quite nice. Yeah. But I thought it was very fitting. Because we did I just watch. Well, yeah, you of course when you went to the bathroom. Yeah. The several times tonight that you've went, God, can't get your body out of there. I know. It's because you got a whiff of the unicorn magic. Yeah. You're just in there all the time now. Hmm. You've used up most of it, but luckily it came with 33 percent extra free. Uh-huh. So I've used the 33 percent. Weeks so of magic, paid. Danny. <laughs> I've used 33 percent. Now you've just got the regular price, but that's good because you've had a guest over. Exactly. And, you know, and then there's still there's still anything. the full yeah. bottle or the 100 percent for me yeah 33 percent for you i enjoyed that 33 percent. it's like when you beat spyro the dragon 100 percent, but oh still 20 percent to go <laughs> it's like every coach in a, a soccer team ever you gotta give it 120 percent yeah why can't we 33 percent why can't we just give it 110 why can't we just give it 100 percent yeah why can't we just make the whole experience lower this is just the spinal tap bit. Yeah. <laughs> this one turns up to 133%. <laughs> God. What's up, people? people <laughs> just fumble all What's up, people? People, Tim, welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and possessor of his own unicorn... I was about to say shampoo, not shampoo, soap. What Scott Morrison. unicorn shampoo smell like? Would you just, like, start growing a horn, though? What are the odds, Danny? What are the bloody odds? Right. That... Your gal Brie Larson and your boy Sam Jackson. Two movies in one month? Has it been one month since Captain, America, Captain Marvel came out? Uh, yeah. I think it's in the vicinity. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 What are the chances? I bet it was premeditated. One in a million. Bet <laughs> <laughs> it was premeditated. They were probably like, oh, well, let's just like get on this Captain Marvel. Do you think? Because yeah. it, it seemed to come out fairly quickly. I feel like there was a trailer like a week ago. And then it was like another film's here. That's how streaming but films that is, work. Yeah, that's the Netflix. Donald model, Glover's got it? one sprang. Yeah, everybody, everybody's I, Cloverfield Paradox. They're just like walking around with something under their jumper, and you're like, "What you got there? What's that? What Boom. I got? <laughs> Boom! It's a film. It's a cl- it's a not very good movie. It's the a Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> it's a highly anticipated Cloverfield film. Ooh, there's. I feel like there's so many. There's so many Netflix films that come out now that like. Uh, it's just so much stuff just gets uh, like there's not enough time uh, at this point to watch any of it did you see that they recently just passed the the halfway point of like now apparently half over half the stuff on Netflix is their own original content oh that's really cool mm. soon that's just going to be all their content and they're going to rule the streaming world yeah with just like Netflix originals and like yeah the indie titles, not all of their so, shit yeah. is just going to be like here's a Disney thing hmm Here's a Fox thing. Oh, no. That's a Disney thing. That's a Disney thing. Here's a Star Wars. Oh, no. All of our media is going to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's going to be the same. There's never going to be any surprises because Disney owns everything. 
Consumerism. <laughs> well, how long, how many years do you predict that Disney will own this podcast? Until they own this podcast? Yeah. Or just podcasting in general? Should we start sucking up to our Disney Second overlords? opinion is brought to you by the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> Should we start friendly and like family friendly and fairy tale in our, our podcast just in anticipation for them so we're an easy sell fuck that <laughs> Disney cunts <laughs> cunts to that I say you fucking mouse fuck prick <laughs> there we go have we just yeah remember how there's a guy at iTunes who used to have to listen to it yeah um but yeah, they they are now just churning out so much stuff. It's uh, it's unreal. Yeah, and like given fucking Chiwetel Ejiofor just had a film come out that he directed and starred in. I didn't have time. <laughs> There's too much going on in my life. I wanted to, but then it just it's just gone before you know it. Like and shit. Like fucking. Do you hear about Paddleton? Have you watched Paddleton yet? Have you no, heard no. about Paddleton? What one's that one? Paddleton is the one with uh, Ray Romano. Yeah, I was thinking yes, that was the one. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Duplass. Yeah. Um really like pretty interesting mumblecore kind of indie film that just came out to literally no fanfare i have no idea how i even found out about that film i like i can't remember but i know it wasn't a trailer and it wasn't netflix advertising it to me it was just sort of i can't remember how i heard about it but it mine it came up automatically i i remember i turned netflix on for my lap uh, on my laptop and um i'd gone to do something else and it just as it does netflix Mm. just Starts automatically playing something, and I was like, "Oh, that's Ray Romano. Oh, what's that? That's Mark Duplass. Yeah. Oh, what's happening here? It's crazy, but it's 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 as if like they're producing so much content at this point that like they don't have the time to advertise all of it. Yeah. So it's you just kind of end up with like what presumably they consider to be the best stuff rises they, to the top. And do they want you to like stumble across stuff? I have no idea because there's know. so many TV shows on there. Like you you browse past and you're like. What is that? Like they made that. They funneled money into yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But like but then I've never heard anyone talk about it. <laughs> yeah, what's the what would be the advantage though of um of go if you like just scrolling through your Netflix stuff and going that sounds really interesting. I've never heard anything like that. Is that that to encourage you to watch it because you've like you've not heard anything good or ill? <sighs> Maybe, but I feel like most of the time the stuff that people are watching <clears throat> The stuff that catches on is the stuff that everyone everyone is talking about. Hmm. So like your your hill your haunting of Hill House, or what was that one recently? Um, you oh everybody oh. was talking about you. I didn't watch it, but like everybody was talking about that one. Hmm. It's kind of like it seems seems like the ones that get a bit of that that kind of. I mean, mur- making a murderer season one. Yeah, like everybody fucking everybody was talking about that, and then the hype's totally died down now. Season two came out to literally no fanfare. Hmm. I don't know a single person who watched that entire second season because i think everybody was just uninvested in it by this point you know yeah, well I mean? you kind of forgot it yeah like i've forgotten most of the details of like making a murderer um did you did you see any of the madeline mccann documentary no i'm really i've become after watching making a murder i've become very cautious about documentaries about crime and the over sensationalize sensationalizes it ooh, good job we got there ooh, oh dear um I, because you hear things back and forth. Like I keep, I was gonna watch Leaving Neverland. I know that's not a Netflix one, but it was also a, a documentary in that same vein. Well, uh, first of all, so I, I was at, a, I was at a flat party recently, and it felt, I felt very grown up at that flat party because throughout the whole, pretty much the whole night, people were just to, 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 you know, 
new people when they would start talking to them, oh have you seen have you been watching the the michael jackson documentary oh yeah and everybody's got their opinions on it and stuff and i was like when did we all become so middle-aged that we're all like oh has everybody, <laughs> has everybody seen the new michael jackson documentary oh it's scandalous isn't it <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's weird because i the, fir- the first reason i haven't watched it is because it's fucking four hours long yeah it's a fucking long documentary the madeline mccann one is eight hours yeah and i'm just like i'm very cautious of like making a murderer i watched it and i was like so passionate about um i can't remember i was f- steve avery yeah so passionate about his like retrial and stuff and then there's all these articles that come up then you're like that might be uh there's this they've overlooked and there's this overlooked and there's this certain back and forth and i then became kind of cautious about watching those sort of stuff yeah. in case like uh, it's over sensationalized whether like because there is a reason why these documentaries would want you to think one way or the other mm-hmm. rather than make it a middle of the road well we don't actually know so uh, i guess it's just down to your judgment it's like no look at this stuff and oh look at that don't look at that stuff but look at this stuff i'm a bit cautious about that sort of stuff well i was gonna say like it seems like the madeline mccann one hasn't <laughs> caught on as much pretty much everybody i know has watched me included watched about two episodes of it and then kind of gave up and uh there was two reasons i i I thought might be the the reason for that um one was that i think we because we grew up with the madeline mccann case and you you kind of just from being around at that time just know so much about it already that it's not really it's kind of presenting like a slightly more in-depth look at a lot of stuff that we already know and then number two i think it's because people are people like i think it's because you're not going to get to the end of those eight episodes and they're going to go and it turns out it was the mccann's all along (laughs) yeah like i think people when this documentary was coming out people thought it was going to like solve the case and it's like well it's not it's just presenting you with the information it's Mm. not well that's what i heard about the michael jackson one is that like the the one of the articles i read was the conclusion is this is nothing new none of the stuff that was in the well i don't know this for sure this is just based on an article who said that that said this so there's a bit hearsay here um but like the, it was like the documentary isn't presented anything new it i is. will not have hearsay on this podcast <laughs> just a little bit of hearsay just, just, a, a, just a treacle just a tiny bit of hearsay <laughs> um that like it doesn't actually present anything new it's the same stuff we've always known it's just that the public have like maybe neglected it and yeah I don't know if I really believe in like um, taking cases that could be so complicated either side. And this is not a defense of like McCann family or again, um, for or against them or Michael Jackson for or against. It's that these issues are so complicated and it feels weird to like <clears throat> put it in like an entertainment form and then go public, let you decide. Yeah. Like I'm, it just feels like, um, I feel like I watch these, um, if I watch any more of these documentaries, it's going to be like, shouldn't a professional... Yeah. looking at this and like it's like it's like voting brexit it's like shouldn't an economical person yeah be looking at this and making a decision for me i don't i don't want to make a decision whether michael yeah. jackson was guilty or not guilty because i don't i don't know how like stuff works and there's a stuff like mccann where someone at my work was talking about it and she was saying that oh this is they, they should they acted suspiciously here and here and you're like I mean, that's they would describe it. And I was like, it sounds suspicious, but also I don't know the intricacies of yep. what a parent deals with right. when they've had their child abducted. One hundred percent, right? Let's not get too into the fucking <laughs> politics of the Madeleine McCann situation. But <clears throat> something I fucking hate about the the conclusions that people jump to about these kind of things is based on like, oh, you know, like a week after Madeleine McCann goes missing, uh, Kate McCann 
is photographed laughing about something. It's like, how could she be fucking laughing about something at a time like this where her daughter's missing and stuff like that? And it's like, this is like one moment Hmm. in a fucking sea of emotions that she's probably going through right now. Like, you don't know what like what is happening. Like just just this little tiny bit of levity, and because she maybe laughs, that's like oh well she can't. Po- it must have been her because look at how coldly she's acting towards the ever. It's you're like you're insane. Like everybody fucking deals with death and shit like that in mm. like the weirdest of ways. Yeah, and to turn around and like fucking crucify someone for something yeah. like that. The one that anno- the one that annoys the fuck out of me is the whole Amanda Knox thing. Have you ever heard of the case of Amanda Knox? The name is familiar. Can Where you remind, can uh, you remind so, me? I think she, a British, I think she was British or American uh, girl living in Brazil, maybe? I can't remember the ins and outs of where she was. But basically, living abroad, uh, her flatmate was like very brutally murdered. Um, and they tried to pin it on Amanda Knox and her boyfriend at the time, saying that they did it as some kind of satanic um satanic ritual um and the whole reason that that kind of started was because on the day that she was murdered and the police are investigating the house and stuff like that uh, amanda knox and her boyfriend are stood outside and they're kind of just hugging each other and uh, people are like oh that's like a weird way to act that's a weird way to act what yeah. if it was these people <clears throat> and so without it's not a spoiler it's a real life story um they're basically throughout the documentary they they kind of she makes her case as to why it probably wasn't her and then they pitched this case that um there was a well-known sex offender in the area at that time who was like on the run from the police um and they have like pretty good reason to believe that he broke into the house and murdered her while he was trying to rob the house and at the end of the documentary they do they just kind of present it as okay what's more likely that happened that this well-known registered sex offender broke into the house in an attempt to rob it ended up in a confrontation with this girl and killed her or that me and my boyfriend fucking murdered her out of some kind of weird satanic ritual thing it's like it's probably the first one yeah (laughs) i know which one's easier to sensationalize but exactly that's and it fucks me off that kind it's, of stuff it's, like, it's real people that you're, you're and, talking and about shoot me down right now if it does turn out that fucking Kate McCann murdered Madeline McCann and if it does turn out that Amanda Knox murdered her flatmate then fuck me right but, that's, but like but that's <laughs> as of like, right now where nothing's proved I'm I, like to just point to people in these moments of like weird like unfathomable emotions to some people and be like I wouldn't act like that if my child was missing and it's like you you don't know what she's acting yeah. like all the rest of the time that this has happened, you just see this one photo of her. Like, fuck that. You'd have to like, be a specialist. Hate that shit. Like, yeah. uh, if the McCann uh, parents came out and were, uh, a week after their daughter was abducted and went, we're going to start an Elvis Presley tribute act together. Mm. Like, I would I would look to a grief counselor to go, they just use what? the fucking, like, the press traction. No, I mean... I mean like, well, you know, look, Jerry, the timing is weird, <laughs> but <laughs> if we're going to drop this, this Elvis I, Presley tribute act... <clears throat> Seems like now's the time to do it while the fucking iron is hot. You know what I'm saying? I mean more if that was like a grief stage. Like suddenly they were like, they were so hysterical that they they, they got it in their mind. They could convince that the only way they could deal with this is they started an Elvis Presley tribute act. And then 
it, it wouldn't be down to me as a member of the public to go, well, that's not a normal thing for someone to do. I need... But here's the thing, Danny. As a member of the public, that's not a normal thing to do when your daughter's gone No, missing. I don't know. You could get grief cancelling going. And well, when we look at this spare objectively and we look at the, the, the trail that leads up to it, maybe there is re- there's like precedent for it. Um, it could be the weirdest thing they could do and maybe there's precedent for it and I don't like the idea that this documentary tries to pose it on me to uh, to come up with my yeah. own idea of uh, and convince myself that it must be true yeah that they were just doing it to further the Elvis Presley tribute career <laughs> <laughs> these are real people I mean they have sold a lot of books but then the books are about Marilyn McCann. It's not like they used that. Again, it's not like they used that traction to be like, oh, it's it's our <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, she did she did disappear as if by magic. No, she was... It was a bad time. It was left it. Yeah. It's a shame. Anyway, should we talk... <laughs> so unicorns. Should we talk about Unicorn Store? <laughs> right, so... Yeah, Unicorn on- Store is is a new the new film on Netflix, uh, which is directed by Brie Larson and starring Brie Larson. Was it written by Brie Larson, Danny? I don't believe so because I I read a quick um, tidbit um, mm. according to Wikipedia, so my sources aren't great. A, a little a little bit of hearsay from Wikipedia just to just to <laughs> whet your appetite. Are you gonna bloody? What did we used to have to do in university or dissertations? cite your sources like what was the what was it you had to put at the bottom yeah you had to cite your sources was that all it was I got it right look at that references that was it sorry Um, for shouting (laughs) Um, it was that uh, she originally auditioned for this um, film didn't get it and then later was offered as a director to come on as a director oh that's quite bizarre presumably cast herself <laughs> See, that's this, interesting i cause... imagine her coming in with a mustache and go oh right this i'm the director here and yeah uh, this brie larson girl i think she's got it <laughs> i think we said no to her originally but let's call her in what she so she by the way i've just got off to the toilet yeah. if she comes in, that might not <laughs> she directs the whole movie and then it's like at the last day of shit it's like it was me the whole time she pulls up the mustache so it's like yeah yeah no we'd got that <laughs> <laughs> your frequent toilet trips gave it away yeah um, and it, like you said at the beginning, like it's coincidental timing that Captain Marvel just came out, which also is Brie Larson and Sam Jackson in the two lead roles. Um, just kind of interesting timing. Like you said, I wonder if maybe they're trying to like springboard off that kind of yeah, because a little bit of that was kind of why we watched it. Um, so to sum up, <laughs> Unicorn Store uh, is about a girl called Kit. She's just a crazy quirky gal and she loves bright colors and fun jumpers and you know seems like a cool cool kid uh she's a bit down on her luck the art stuff's not going so well so she decides uh in an attempt to be more adult she takes on a temp job uh working a photocopier at a pr company um while she's working there she starts to receive mystery uh invitations to somewhere called the store um and so she decides you know what i'm gonna go see what this is all about and she meets samuel L. jackson who runs the unicorn store and he's like yep unicorns are real 100 percent. gonna give you a unicorn but we don't take money for it instead you have to prove to me that you can give a, a, a good home to a unicorn and so kit is like yeah i'm gonna go off 100 percent, do that and she gets into all kinds of hijinks she tries to build a kit uh, not a kennel stable <laughs> close enough um she tries to build a, a stable she enlists the help of her friend was it virgil yes virgil yes virgil yeah. um to 
help her. She also, while doing that, is trying to pitch this new crazy vacuum cleaner that she's came up with, that this magical vacuum cleaner. It's just a vacuum cleaner, but it's got like rainbows and stuff on it. And she's trying to pitch that to, her, to the PR company that she's working with, you know, to try and get her big break. Um, and it's all about it's all about making a nice nice home for this unicorn. But oh, are the unicorns real? Who? What? What an adventure we'll go on to find out. And we'll just have lots of goofs and gaffs and hijinks. It's gonna be a great time. So that's Unicorn Store. Um, there's gonna be lots of spoilers. So if you wanna not hear those, go watch it on Netflix. It's an hour and a half. Won't take you long. Ooh, we don't usually do a spoiler warning. Yeah, well, I figured because it's new. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over here. So. Did you enjoy it, Scott Barson? I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed this quite as well. Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I thought it whipped along quite nicely. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see this annoying the fuck out of some people. I get that. Um, I think it was the right kind of... I I thought it was kind of the right amount of... What's the word? Enthusiasm? <clears throat> like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that about it. I enjoyed its kind of, like, very optimistic like upbeat kind of style um you know the the main character gets a little bit downtrodden a few times but for the most part it's it is like a relatively whimsical kind of movie Hmm. and i think sometimes you do just need something that is like unapologetically happy yeah you know what i mean um and i i I did i like i i enjoyed it quite a bit i enjoyed it a lot it's fairly simple but I I found like the the main character really like. In fact, I found all the characters fairly likable. Hmm. Um, I thought the interactions between her and Sam Jackson were great. I love how colorful it was. It was very colorful. It's insanely colorful. Her character Kit has got some serious fucking style. <laughs> like, cause I love colorful clothing. I love it. I don't wear enough colorful clothing. I'm wearing like a very multicolor hoodie right now. You are, but. Like, I love colourful clothing. In fact, you know the whole, like, fucking, like, internet algorithm thing? Where you're, you know, your computer's listening to you. Yeah, everything's watching you. Yeah, and it's 1984. I would say 90% of things I get advertised are, like, colourful clothing websites. Like, genuinely. Because I feel like it's pretty much what I usually Google when it comes to looking for clothes. Except for the one time when I was looking up stuff to do with Pokemon Go. Or Pokemon Let's Go. And I just got lots of adverts for children's toys before YouTube videos for like a week. So I knew what all the latest fucking super soakers, <laughs> what all the latest super soakers looked like. Let me tell you something, Danny. Super soakers have come a long way since me and you were oh, kids. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were quite far advanced. That shit's like kids. semi-automatic now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I think I did that once for, I was looking for a Christmas present and I looked up uh, something on Build-A-Bear uh, or Bear Factory, whichever yeah. one it is now. And uh, uh, for the longest time, YouTube keep putting up Builder Bear Factory um, adverts up before my YouTube videos, and Brilliant. I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> I am. Um, do you find Do you find it quite scary that like, because you know, if I say "Okay, Google," my phone responds to that. It goes like "Blue," and then it's like Google's like, "Oh, ask me a question." Do you not find it scary that like my phone's just listening? all the time and granted it only responds to okay google but it's listening for me saying okay google do you not find that quite scary 
never thought about that. That's always the thing I used to. I don't. I've not done it recently, but I always used to put blue tack. Blue tack. Yeah, I used to put blue tack on my webcam. I, like, I don't so much anymore. because I don't really use my laptop for anything. To be totally no. honest, except for like this and editing. That's kind of it. Mm. All the other browsing, I just do it on my phone. <laughs> like just casual browsing, I just do that on my phone because it's way easier. Um, laptops just this like at this point it does just feel big and clunky because <laughs> um, I'm so used to con- the convenience of like a phone or a tablet or something mm. um, yeah that is creepy that it's listening to us yeah I don't like it and I, I'm trying to figure out how to turn the microphone off but I can't figure it out I could just google it yeah but then, but then if google, google doesn't know. then google would know <laughs> and they'd have to find other ways to what? DuckDuckGo doesn't track you what's DuckDuckGo? DuckDuckGo is Google it's a search engine like Google but it doesn't track you really? yeah not sponsored not sponsored by DuckDuckGo sounds but, nice though but if you google DuckDuckGo then you'll just get <coughs> the Google adverts for DuckDuckGo Google will know the way you went yeah exactly they'll be like <laughs> those sons of bitches are on to us <laughs> <laughs> um, did you enjoy Unicorn Store? you said yes yes tell me why I uh, for many reasons I love how Optimus it is I love I love trying to figure this film out I feel like there's a lot yeah. to this film that I was uh, like I was um, especially we'll get to it like um uh, femininity I was like really really um, really really intrigued by this film but what I loved above all else in this film is the dialogue I fucking loved yeah. the dialogue um, it's this weird I, I me because uh, we watched it with your flatmate Michael Dart friend mm-hmm. of the podcast heard of him and uh, when you exited the room briefly, briefly I, we did make the ob- same observation that I thought was kind of apt what sorry to bother you this feels like the female version of sorry to bother you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's for for a few reasons. Um, but one of the main ones is like sorry to bother you is like set in a world where it's like it's our world, but it's not quite. It's a little bit more abstract, just yeah. a little bit more weird. And that world is as well. Even like the stuff that isn't related to the unicorn store is kind like of the, weird. What, like the TV stuff? Yeah, or? and the TV stuff and like yeah just the whole the whole world just kind of feels a bit off uh-huh. and nobody talks quite naturally um and the dialogue reflects that but in a, a really sort of stylistic way that i really really appreciated i i laughed so much for the dialogue in this there was so many lines that caught there me is off, a lot of very good lines in this yeah i i, I loved like the um the way that it's it's that very much it's a more sophisticated version of that internet language of like oh my god i don't know how to adult um yeah. but it's like that but it's progressed further it's like i'm gonna go get um do you want to be a temp forever um stuff like that like the the use of like the That's a, yeah the words and like um just the sp- i love the specific examples when she runs away from the yukon store and she's like i'm gonna buy graph paper yeah. <laughs> and samuel jackson's like graph paper won't love you back like, <laughs> i love how mental and weird and off yeah. the wall it is but so like funny and engaging mm. it made all the characters pop in where where like um they, they could have like brie larson's character could have come across as maybe mopey or um she's uh to like she can be she could almost be seen as unlikable and i don't know maybe maybe it is there's so much more happening because that's what i mean it's like i could see people finding her character well, she's kind of a like... terrible person in a way like for the majority of the film she's like the samuel jackson says it is um his character says it the salesman um she's selfish and like you really do see that um but like i think the dialogue goes a long way to stop to stop you from fully seeing that you can see that she's not necessarily 
the most loving person, but mm. you you um you still empathize with her because of like it's because she's not just a she's not just like kind of a dick to people. Yeah, like she is an all round nice person, but then at the same time she is kind of very selfish. Yeah. But the dialogue goes a long way to animating her beyond like whether she's a nice person, when whether she's being a nice person or a, mm-hmm. a bad person. The dialogue just animates every character in this, and to a to a weird extent. Like, sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. I can see that thinking about it now, <clears throat> especially with the kind of more kind of fantastical elements that are yeah. introduced towards the end. Which obviously this one doesn't go nearly as far as sorry to bother you no and also this one is much more expected yeah because really all this one comes down to towards the end is is the unicorn going to be real or is this all just been either a metaphor for something like in the context of the film not just like that the story itself is a metaphor like is this going to just be a or has she just been on fucking some serious fucking like (laughs) crack or something like this entire movie um and spoilers, it turns out... I, get, I mean, I guess it turns out that they are real? Yeah. Yeah. The unicorns are real. Yeah. Well, as far as, like, this sort of hyperbole world goes... Did any part of you think that after she walked out of the room... I had this weird thing where I thought Sam Jackson was going to go and, like... Like, pull the horn off it and it would just be, like, a fake horn and a horse. But then I'm like... No, no. no but, like, just in that moment. But then, obviously, like... There's nothing else. Out. When he didn't, I was like, okay, we're not going that, down that route. I feel like this film was a bit too sincere to pull anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think from from the moment the unicorn's introduced, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting there to be a real unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, mo- mostly because I feel like it would be just a, in 2019 where, where you do a lot of these sort of genre films where you're trying to figure out whether the genre trope that it's using is real or not. Yeah, I feel like it's gone a bit too obvious that it's probably a metaphor guys yeah. i'm like no i think i think this film's gonna go for it you didn't I feel this... like it, at any point that it was going down like the fight club route no where I... sam jackson it was just gonna have been her the whole time i think the film was too candy coated sincere to like to have to have gone yeah. down like the unicorn isn't real i think the the film was like ah look Danny and Scott, we promised you a unicorn. You've got to get one. Of course, yeah. you, we never weren't going to give you a unicorn, guys. Oh, what you, you, of course we were. Like, we, we had you going, though, didn't we? In that, li- that, little, bit, in that little bit, we had you. No, but we were always going to give you a unicorn. I think it's funny how... I do think it's funny how the whole film... Pres- it's like, you know, she wants this unicorn and she tells people about it and they're all like, you're crazy. And she's like, oh, you're the insane ones. It's like, no... <laughs> like there i would definitely side with your parents in this situation yeah. <laughs> like, like you sound like you've gone a bit off the rails you smoked a few too many bloody magic markers when you've been doing all your drawings mate you know what i'm saying more drugs drug references i said drugs weird i said like drugs drugs you really drugs. rolled the uh rolled it back drugs. into itself drugs. i don't think there's really considering like how sort of how trippy this film is i don't think there's any drug references is there no i think so no one's ever like oh my god are you smoking pot you look tripping pot. yeah which i guess is it's good yeah but then she's obviously she also doesn't have a lot of like younger people in her life who would i guess make a joke like that which leads me to my next question danny right go on how fucking old is she meant to be in this movie i don't i think i couldn't work that out i couldn't tell if she was meant to be like but I think late twenties, early thirties, or like if she's meant to be like early twenties, like early early twenties. I think she's supposed to be post grad. I think she's supposed to have just grad. Like, well, 
she hasn't graduated from university, but I think she's coming out of university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what clouds this is that she's also supposed to be childish. Yeah. Like it's quite like no matter what very, age she like, is, very childish. Yeah, the, the the whole point of the film is her. Um, like dealing for better or worse with her like inner child um so it kind of skews it i don't know like it, it never bothered me because i felt like it was almost this like surrealness of like what oh how old she was it, it didn't really matter there's like it's she was just this age she was an indecisive age of mm-hmm. her life where she wasn't sure where she was going but uh I would say maybe mid twenties is what she's supposed mid-20s. to be. Mid twenties, like the kind of time you've come out of university. <laughs> you've kind of come out of university, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What do I do now?" You drinking wine with your care bears? Yeah, I have a degree, but what am I doing with that yeah. degree? And should I just go out and get a temporary job forever? <laughs> do you want know? to be a temporary? Temporary success. That was the advert. Do you want temporary success? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Join us now to become a temp. I like the TV stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I did. I really, I thought for being, because I think this is her first film, presumably. Or at the very least, it's her first feature. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure, actually. That's well, we something should we should yeah. find out. Yeah, you Google that. I'll Google it. it. You, you, uh, you, um, you lay something down while I Google but it. But I thought it was like, I thought it was pretty well directed. It had like a good visual flair the whole thing mostly because the character is surrounded by ridiculously bright colors hmm. for the whole film um but i am um, i like things like when she opens the curtain to the unicorn room and there's like the, the the rainbow kind of sunlight coming through things like that i thought were like nice little nice little touches nice little, little touches um i mean i feel like a lot of the times like the camera work in terms of conversations and things is relatively it's relatively straightforward. It's mm. just kind of shot, reverse shot. But I think when you're when the when the dialogue is as kind of fun to listen to as it is, you don't need anything too kind of overcomplicated. Well, yeah, I, I never even I barely even noticed like how sh- mm-hmm. how shot over conversations. I was just so drawn in mm-hmm. with all the the characters and the dialogue. It was her directorial debut. Well, there we go. That's what I mean. That's like a relatively impressive directorial debut. Yeah, like I feel like they definitely must have thrown some money behind that because the production well i mean i guess i feel like the production value i think i'm mostly thinking of the unicorn store hmm. that looks really good but then you have got and it's like well well designed like the kind of interior design of that set is like really interesting to look at hmm. um i guess for the rest of the film though it is mostly you know they're in a staples yeah other places are available but it's fine because you'll probably listen to this in britain so it doesn't matter because we don't have staples what do we have here uh b and q the works oh wait no staples is not staples is staples like a b and q or stationary well i guess staples is stationary yeah so what do we have the works uh hobbycraft hobbycraft uh <laughs> the works <laughs> did i say that we're just like selling <laughs> and then you know if you want because she goes to the lumber place you got b and q you know, what so, a great day out for the whole family B&Q is. Nice. Let me tell you something, B&Q saved my fucking life. Because in my old flat, I put a bunch of posters up on the wall with blue tack. Bad move, Danny. <laughs> blue tack on a white wall. Ooh, <sighs> baby boy, you're asking for trouble. Marks all marks for days. But you know what you do? Go on. You got B&Q, right. buy yourself a little tester pot of the exact colour paint that you need. Roll that shit over all the marks. 
and you get all your deposit back. <laughs> Nobody said a thing. Although to be fair, I feel like our landlords in our last flat were I don't I won't name them, you know, so George. Uh were so fucking atrociously bad that I doubt they would have even noticed if I had done nothing to it. Because they don't care. They're gonna get money from somebody. So. Yeah. Um hmm. But yeah. Well, there you go. B and Q saved you. There you go. It's it's called and it's called B and Q, B and Q, B and Q. And B and Q is really helping with that unicorn stable you've got there going in the middle of the living room. <laughs> I was inspired so quickly by this movie that in the time we were setting up to record, you'd pull on to B and Q and back. Yeah, and you could do it because you went to B and Q and back so quickly. So with quickly. their amazing twenty-four hour service. What if we were sponsored by B and Q? We just like squeezed that in just so fucking naturally. We were sponsored by B&Q until Disney took over B&Q. And it, <laughs> then it heard our comments earlier and it was like, whoa, no, no, you can let that podcast go. Where was this set? Was it LA? It looked like LA. Um, but I don't know. Ooh, I don't... I'm not sure if you get a sense of it. Like, you yeah. don't quite see the city it's just like much. a place. <laughs> yeah, just kind of, just a city. Um, I was about to say, because uh, the, the money behind it, if, it you, if you could, like, convince Samuel Jackson to be in your film and you're also Brie Larson... You could probably convince people to get some money yeah. behind that because she, there must have been like a personal aspect to that, having done. I mean, I don't know if this was shot before or after Captain Marvel, but they likewise they'd already done Skull Island. Yeah, they'd so. done Skull Island, so they they must have been friendly. And Sam Jackson isn't in the film a lot. No. Yeah. Plus, he's in one location. Yeah. So he could feasibly probably got it done in a day. Yeah, he could feasibly yeah. day uh-huh. maybe two, like quite easily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Pay him a couple of mil. <laughs> a, cu- a cup mil. Here's <laughs> a cup of mil. <laughs> cool. Milk. That's not into him. He probably just paid off a speeding ticket with the money he got. Aye. Uh, but Sam Jackson... Uh, it's assuming that Sam Jackson speeds. I don't know. I'm sure he's a perfectly reasonable driver. <laughs> he gets driven around, definitely. Probably. Um, but he's also a very a guy who's never shied away from a, a fun role. He very yeah. much... I feel like he does pick his roles on how much fun they're going to be. Yeah. And he is real good fun in this movie i mean he has what like uh like what is it it's like glitter it's like i i thought of it as like very shiny things of those those things you pop up the streamers like streamers, things that come yeah. out party poppers yeah it's just hanging from his big just afro. hanging from his big afro he's, he's wearing like a full pink suit beautiful suit well, yeah. the pink suit and then there's the blue suit with the flowers on it yeah Aww. but that was definitely Aww. i feel like the aspect Mwah. of the film i was enjoying the most was like a lot of the costume stuff for brie larson which we touched on but like some of it's incredible that blue jumper with the clouds on it yeah loving it yeah. Want one of those um, she goes to the store in pajamas at one point she does go to the like, store in pajamas but they're like insane pajamas they like, like they start on the like the top um the like the top half is like just blue and you just think they're normal blue pajamas and then they get like, a long shot and it turns out they're rainbow colored yeah they're rainbow colored right the way down like, and you're like damn son well that's some colorful pajamas yeah. everything's so colorful um I mean, I, yeah, we definitely we clocked onto the message pretty quickly because the message is fairly simple. It wasn't about getting the unicorn, Danny. It was. It wasn't about building the house for the unicorn. It was about building their house for herself. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, because she, in trying to make her life better for the unicorn, she makes her life better for herself. And she's got a nice new man at the end of it. She's got like a like a. She didn't need a man. She, well, she don't need no man. She don't need a man. But she got one. She got one. In case she needs one. She's got a spare one. Just in case. <laughs> it was between him and Sam Jackson. But, uh, you know, she gets that. You know, she patches things up with her family. 
she quits her job because she's like, fuck the job. But also they kind of fire her. Yeah, they kind of fire her. everything's working out for her. So it's okay so she she can pass the unicorn on to someone else. Like, it's a fairly, it's a fairly straightforward, unsubtle message. But the film is not exactly, like, I feel like going for subtlety because it is so loud and it mm. is so kind of bold and expressive. Like There is one with... aspect that I would argue is I, I wasn't sure about. Oh, what's he going to hit me with? So let's, uh, let's talk about a little little F word I like to call feminism. Right. How many feminisms have we got in this podcast? How many feminisms? <laughs> in the podcast? <laughs> On the podcast. Becky, Bernadette. No, I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, they count as feminists. <laughs> no, feminists. Feminists. Yeah, how many feminists have we got on the podcast? I would say we got two right yeah, here. We got, we got two right yeah. here recording, right? We're feminists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's this film trying to say about feminism? It's good. <laughs> Let me talk about the pink aisle. Okay. Familiar with the pink aisle? No. Nope. So... In uh, especially in like old fashioned toys, especially even when we were growing up, mm-hmm. you have what was known as the pink aisle, which was the girls' aisle. Mm-hmm. It, when you had the toys, it, you would go if you went into like Toys R Us, the one where all the Barbies, the Cindy's, the Bratz, the um, all of that stuff was all in the same aisle, and it was all bright pink. And there's this feminism backlash of it, obviously, because you're just branding, like going around branding little girls with the color pink everywhere. Uh, so that that has caused controversy on both sides. There's people who support it, people who don't, people uh, feminists who embrace pink as part of like feminine identity, and those who oppose it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because recently Brie Larson has been branded a bit of a feminism mm. after being the first title female hero in Marvel. Yeah. Side note: took him far too long. Was it twenty movies? <laughs> Twenty-two or something. Good job, guys. <laughs> to get a female in the lead. DC did it in, what, three? three. Four? One, two, Man Steel, three. Batman v Superman. And then Wonder Woman. Oh, no, Suicide Squad was before Wonder Woman. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I, because Brie Larson has been criticised recently, when mostly really unjustifiably unfair, like um, most of it just uh, like. Am I saying I hate white dudes? No, I think that was her quote. Was that her quote? <laughs> was that that quote? I think that's her quote. I'm sure it's something like that because she's saying something about. Well, she first had that whole thing about not wanting to, that she doesn't want to be told what movies are good by old white men. Yeah, I think that was a big thing. Which is like, well, not all, not all film critics are old white men. Like, first of all, <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's more more of a generalization, like attack yeah. of that sort of patriarchy system, which is in every industry. Uh, it's just unfortunate. It's also in the Hollywood industry, so she's fighting against that. So it's really interesting. That obviously, she's kind of like for this year at least, is like a, a feminist figure. Like she's the first Marvel superhero mm-hmm. female. So. It really intrigued me that she uh, embraced yeah. the pink aisle mm. um, phenomenon, especially because it's like in a child. Now, like when we say it's colourful, that, that that's the colour that uh, comes in. It's very feminine, very um, Barbie, very stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which 
Uh, uh, I, I actually really like that aesthetic. I think it's a, a really nice aesthetic. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then I'm not a female who's been forced it upon them throughout yeah. their whole childhood and growing up that pink is your color. Go in there and play with your pink toys. Uh-huh. You can't have that Lego. Here's some pink Lego. Have the pink Lego. You know? That sort of attack. So I've always really interesting that she... Um, she embraced it in the film and i was going through the film wondering uh, and i guess this would be my question finally getting to the point is the pink is she support for pink out i guess i would say she is because she embraces it to the full extent or is she sort of trying to uh, associate that with the baddest aspects of this character no i don't think she associate because they definitely embrace that aspect yeah. of her character because it also it's also included in the fact that it's a unicorn which is a very feminine thing mm-hmm. like perceived as a feminine thing rather i should say um uh you're talking to the guy who has unicorn hand wash in his bathroom <laughs> exactly and <laughs> uh, the biggest feminism i know you you're the biggest feminism obviously um and all it took was one pound but it's a uh, very much a uh, um a f- like a f- marketed as a feminine mm-hmm. thing uh, and then she's just embraced it as the the center of her like um movie it's all about mm-hmm. getting a unicorn the almost like almost like ridiculously uh obvious dream of every small girl to obtain a unicorn yeah. so it's kind of strange that like embracing that so lovingly i'll I'll actually it's it's a shame it's only just come out because i'd love to know like um feminist insights on this Mm. because it would it would be bizarre because that that gets it's very much going like it's attacking like a very controversial subject in the heart of feminism of whether they embrace um feminine identity or not and it's really fascinating that the first marvel female superhero has just gone in and embraced it like this is femininity yeah I just and there's no sort of I I was trying to figure out if there was even any sort of deconstruction of that Hmm. of like because that's her she's she's facing her uh, she's facing her childhood uh, child and there's a lot about her childhood and as like a female like a a little girl she might have had had that a lot like just that much sort of um, exposure to the the pink eye effect so I thought it was really I was this really is kind of why I wish every single every single film currently didn't have to be thought of in this sort of very political manner. Well, every film is political. Yeah, but yeah, like it's just, it's just this thing of I, I, I you know, while I, while I think that it is definitely important that we should be moving away from this whole pink is for girls, blue is for boys type shit, I think there would be a lot less a lot less fucking sexual confusion and things like that or not like that's not the best way to word it but if if, if girls were not weren't brought up to just be like you like these things and boys weren't brought up to be like you like these things if everyone was just brought up to be like you can just enjoy yeah. whatever you want because the world's full of a whole lot of stuff and it's it's bloody great it's magical so you just like what you fucking want to like then I think I think people would find it a lot easier to get through life um but at the same time, like, there are obviously still going to be a lot of girls who still, when they are younger, who are like the character in that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah, like, fuck it. Those people are still around. So why not have a movie 
for them and a character for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's it, it is like as a person, Brie Larson's clearly a person who does consider her um, like moves yeah. as like a as a a, a a female, like as even maybe a role model of uh, like female. So it is kind of um, important that she's made that decision, like for good or worse. And I, I think it's good. I think I've, I personally think that you should be embracing herself. It's like the um, it's like this femin- the feminist argument against uh, a female who wants to uh, become a, a housewife. A fe- one side of feminism might go, well, you only want that because the patriarchy has told you, of, has programmed you over thousands and thousands of years that that's what your role is. But then if she wants to be a housewife, why should she force to not be a housewife? Yeah. And so you've, you're, it's like you've stuck in this sort of mindset of like, Hey, I like pink stuff and unicorns, and I'm female. And the feminism's like, well, they you like that stuff because it's been branded onto you by marketing. But at the end of the day, that person still likes that stuff. And, um, and Brie Larson saying that uh, it's okay for females to uh, embrace that has meant that she has taken a stance on one side of the pink aisle um, argument, definitively. Uh, unless anything in this film uh, actually goes to contrast and goes, psych, you're not supposed to agree with any of this. It doesn't do that, really, does it? No, which I mean, which uh, to me suggests that Brie Larson is okay with the pink aisle. Maybe at least in like, it's okay for females to be, not that she necessarily thinks that all uh, girls should be branded with pink, but she's okay with females embracing that aspect if they uh, if they so desire. Yeah, I don't know, but do you not think maybe you're putting the whole... Because I never really... Thinking about it now, I've never really associated like the whole unicorn thing with females. I just think of the unicorn as a it unicorn. Very, I think I very, very much... And is. so, like, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, there was nothing in about her character that was inherently, like, girly. It was more childish. Yeah, but I think that the girly aspect and the childish aspect is the same. She, um... Like say women are children, <laughs> but like her, the fair, the girly stuff, the really girly stuff is like glitter, confetti, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, like stereotypically girly. But I'm I, I will advocate that's what I mean when I'm referring to this girly stuff. It's like stereotypically and pink unicorns, like My Little Pony and stuff like that, which has had like a like a comeback recently for. Uh, being more of a matter like yeah, guys thing. with fedoras like it now <laughs> like you can you can like on my little ponies with sincerity and still be a man but that's that's why the brony movement is noteworthy because it's the mm. exception that proves the rule it's um it's noteworthy that these guys like my little pony because they're not in terms of marketing supposed to like my little pony mm. it's for girls it's um the unicorns are for girls unicorns is what princesses win uh, for being good princesses like it's that sort of mentality and there's a there's a lot of pink and rainbows in that which is very f- like stereotypically feminine stuff and i do think there's a lot of girly imagery in it um like so it's it's and it, that is associated with her inner child she very much is um talking about it being related to her childhood but that's where the obviously being a pink aisle of toys that's where it's linked to it's linked to your childhood mm-hmm. i do think that like it's gone consciously for that pink owl girly aspect which i think is really really interesting that she's gone for it and i think that um it may sound like an over analysis but i do genuinely think she's had to have consciously made that decision she has to be aware as a per- like a, a female that that's 
that sort of stuff has an impact on you at an early age, at your developmental age. And whether that's a good thing or not, it's something that's debated. She has to have realized that. I would say that if you like the pink aisle aspect of your childhood as a female, you should embrace it because that's just part of you. Um, but I do understand the uh, counter argument about it being just marketed to you. And uh, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like that sort of stuff trains you to be like the archetype of a female. And then that can, like creates complacency of being a female and then go through stuff. But she goes through stuff that like females will go through. She gets sexually harassed at work. Uh, well, maybe not as strongly as sexually harassed. She has a yeah. boss who comments on uh, the smell of her hair for what shampoo do you use? Coconut shampoo. That's quite a... Um, and she's kind of... She doesn't embrace it. She's creeped out by it, but she doesn't know how to to deal with it, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, and then there's the aspect... Which, again, do you not think that's just, like, the childish nature of her character? Like... I think it's a lot to do with femininity as well, especially what she's making. Like, what she's not making it. She's decorating uh, as part of her job. She's trying to come up, like, an idea, a way to decorate a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner is so obviously, deliberately a, like, image of the typical housewife. Mm-hmm. Uh, even They even show you the tip, like, the, the marketed image of a, a mother... Uh, well, I think she was in a bikini or something ridiculous like that. She's sexualized because she's female and uh, she's holding a baby and then she's cleaning with a vacuum cleaner because she's a housewife. That's that's the image they're trying to create in the marketing thing. Mm. And maybe there's the, that's the contrast. She's um, Brie Larson's coming in going, no, we don't want that image. Uh, ah, we want glitter and confetti and bright colors and that's what we want. We want that. And then the company is like, I like the sexy woman. Uh, yeah. Like, can we go back to? I think I think we all agree on the sexy woman, um, but that's that's deliberately like uh, talking about feminism because uh. you can't get more housewife imagery than literally a vacuum cleaner. I mean, Danny, it's twenty nineteen. What is gender? You know what I mean? <laughs> that that would be the the ideal outlook upon it. Quite simply, then that then then that's kind of my question answered in, from your perspective. Be what you want to be, and if you what you want to be is like embrace that pink eye or mentality then you do it yeah but that that yeah but that it, that's a great message it's also a very political message so uh, what would you say is your favorite brie larson sam jackson team up mm, i think i like this more than captain marvel yeah because i think i like the kind of visual flair and like the sheer kind of over enthusiasm of this movie like it's so sweet mm. it's like fucking borderline like diabetic <laughs> it does very because it is just like a joy yeah to watch um uh i like i enjoyed captain marvel for the most part but it's definitely one of the less kind of stylistic uh marvel movies i actually kind of i kind of like enjoyed the kind of indie-ish look of some of captain marvel yeah but it does feel quite simplistic at times like yeah just, a, just yeah Fil- um, they almost could be just film students with a camera in a in a bar yeah but i do think it's another one of those ones where it's like when it comes down to picking a marvel movie it's like well why would i watch this one when there's like much more interesting ones in mm. this like 24 movies or whatever there is to watch you know what i mean yeah it's all just part of the same stories and it's, it's like a it's a filler episode of a of a show you really like. You've just got to watch it so that you get all of the the references. Yeah. 
Um, I will, in terms of like portraying like a female superhero, I will um, give Captain Marvel credit for like showing she's a f- not trying to masculize her by making her a badass who works like taking t- typical men tropes but they also don't feminize it. it's not like Catwoman remember when Catwoman the, the bad guy was a I've never a, seen Catwoman the bad guy was a makeup corporation because really? you know she's a she's a woman the only part of Catwoman I've ever seen is that like really weird CGI like where she's running across the rooftops and it looks really terrible the CGI cats are also really terrible I but I've never seen that bring it, her so. back to life. Um, and yeah, it's not like something as sort of archetypal. Look, well, what is it that women would be scared of? <gasps> An evil makeup corporation. <laughs> That's what they'd be scared of because women. You know what women are all about. And it's two thousand and four. <laughs> so at least Captain Marvel doesn't feel it. They, they, uh, they almost make her gender inconsequential, which yeah. I really. Um, well, how things should be. Yeah, really. I really um, appreciate that. Which is what I was kind of talking about with that film overall was that I, I just me personally because I don't see gender. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't know. I just never thought of a lot of it as like inherently girly. I just thought like that's a pretty fucking out there person who knows what she's into, and what she's into is bright colors and uh you know like very childlike things. Hmm. Um, I guess it wasn't until you started talking about it I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess there, I guess that is like a huge aspect of it. But it's just because, you know, I just don't think of those things, don't I? Because I'm just accepting of everyone. Then. Do you remember you had to have that awkward phase as a preteen where you just, oh, I hate girl stuff. I, I, that's it's for that, girls. That's, the, that's Being a teenager is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst period of your life, I think, because as a kid, you just embrace the things that you like. Yeah. Pokemon is a perfect example. You Pokemon embrace, is a great example. You embrace Pokemon. Pokemon's the tits. It's like the best fucking thing in your life. And then you get to like secondary school and you you literally I feel like secondary school, unless your interest is football, you pretty much just have to push that shit fucking way down. Yeah. And never ever bring it up because then people will think you're weird and kids are fucking horrible and will take any opportunity to just make fun of you for mm. anything. So especially just push that shit way down. So you don't talk about the fact that you like Pokemon ever when you're a teenager. Never fucking mention it because you'll never hear the end of it but then it's like you come out of school and you either go into college or just go into work or whatever you you just get older and you get more confident in yourself and like just more into the things you like and it's like who fucking cares? like yeah i like pokemon like so yeah. what like it doesn't it doesn't matter I you know no I mean? one cares and you just go back to embracing that shit again yeah, because nobody cares. Unless you're a piece of shit, which there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people who would still make fun of you for like a Pokemon. I want to be friends with those people. Because they're the worst. <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, which is my whole thing again of like, just, just be into whatever the fuck you want and like, don't like judge other people for what they're fans of or what they, what like life aesthetic they want to adopt. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's such a shame that you have to go through that. You you almost have to go through that sort of weird phase of just having to hate all of that stuff. Yeah. And like oh that's girl thing. Oh that's that's Pokemon. That's for kids. It's for kids. I love it. My favorite color is pink. Pink's a great color. I I I think a lot of my shirts now are in pink. Like a lot of my clothing. Um, I actively buy stuff that is pink. I'm like, I want pink everywhere, baby. 
It's pink, weird that pink, that pink to make the bloody boys wink, mate. <laughs> I feel like I did have to go through a phase of like uh, after being a teenager of pre like unlearning some of that stuff, mm. like unlearning like um, assigning stuff to gender, mm. um, like having a flowery shirt, like a flowery shirt. You're like, I love a flowery shirt. That's at first it's like oh that's a girl's thing, and then you have to go well no. I tried not. to take on my own style of wearing Hawaiian shirts in the winter. <laughs> you wear it with a hoodie, obviously. Ah, you're not but, like, crazy. Lot of lunatic. Yeah, but you know, a nice Hawaiian shirt with like good pair of jeans, good pair of shoes, a hoodie. Mm. It's a good look in it's the winter look. time. Yeah, yeah. Boys no wear. one sees it. No one sees it coming. <laughs> um, I hiccuped there. That was like <laughs> <laughs> um, I stifled no it. I stifled I, the hiccup. No one saw the hi- hi- hiccup coming either. Pineapple. Look at the 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 light and say pineapple. Why? I don't know. Is that not one of the hiccups? The pineapple's or? coming back. What? In a big way. Oh, Speaking like, of course. That's in design. <laughs> pineapples and flamingos. I've been tracking trends. <laughs> I've been tracking trends. Pineapples and flamingos. They seem to be the big... Pineapples and flamingos. All right. Keep an flamingos, eye out, flamingos. Yeah, it feels like flamingos have been back for ages, though. You're yeah. like, flamingos are everywhere. You ever looked at a flamingo? <laughs> Weird creatures. <laughs> right, let me... T- Speaking of weird birds. Right, I was on a farm recently. I was on a farm the other day. Okay. And there was a peacock walking about this okay. farm. What's a peacock? What is that thing? Look at it. It's like a fucking big... Just a big flightless bird. Right. It's bright blue. And then it's got this like huge tail that it fucking tries to scare people with. And I'm like, what? what is the point of you? <laughs> like, what is a peacock bringing to the... Bring it to the table, you know what I mean? Well, the peacock is doing the exact same that you are with your shirts. Trying to bring in the mates. But yeah, but what else is it doing? Well, I control the stock at a very... <laughs> <laughs> a very high-end supermarket. Well, the... I contribute! <laughs> was it like a, a, a visitor's destination you were at? No, it was just a farm. They just had a peacock. Hmm. Just one peacock just walking about, just chilling. Just being a peacock. Yeah. Well, you know... It's was a- it a sign of wealth? Because that's not the first countryside place I've been to that's had a peacock. <laughs> was having a peacock a sign of wealth? Maybe. Is it a sign of wealth? Where are peacocks originally from? India? It's not Scotland. It's not wild peacocks running around Scotland. Or is there? We got pheasants. <laughs> What's a pheasant doing? Well, they get shot at. Well, they get run over as well a lot because mm. they're not very good. You know at what really upsets me? I love badgers. I really love badgers, but I've never seen a real badger. And the other day, I saw a dead badger on the side of the road, and it Aww. made me vis- visibly upset. That was really sad. And uh, we're going to end it on that really sad note. Um, Danny, where can people find us? They can find us at a dead badger's funeral. Oh no! Or at so Twitter, or Facebook. I just, at second I fucking see a badger so second badly, and like you Google it. Because I was like, there must be somewhere in Scotland that you can go see a badger. There's not. There's nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely nowhere. Do you Google those? Google those what you're looking for. Yeah. One day a badger will be delivered straight to your door. Well, I keep seeing badgers on Facebook now in my advertisements. Because my phone listened to me talking about badgers. It's listening right now. Did you see they gave up on Google Plus? Did they? I think so. Pretty sure Google Plus just... See, they took out. a photo of a black hole? Yeah. See, Jul- see Julian Assange has been arrested? See Brexit's been extended? World keeps on spinning, eh? And that dates this podcast horrifically. Anyway, where can you actually find us, did you say? Yeah, uh, at Facebook or Twitter, uh, at Second Opinion, that's second one for two. We never post. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, <I didn't> <laughs>